Welcome back, everybody, and special welcome to any new followers to my latest video from Moving Home with Charlie. I'm Charlie Lambden, and in today's video, I'm going to be answering a question lots of you have been asking me, which is, how can we improve the chances of our deal not falling through? Whether you're a buyer or a seller, it doesn't make it, it's the same. So I'm going to run through the 10 things that you need to not happen for your exchange to be achieved, <clears throat> whether you're the buyer or seller. These are all the things. Okay, and this is for just one transaction, a property changing hands between a buyer and a seller. If you're in a chain, you can multiply the number of problems you've got by the number of properties in the chain, okay? And this is where really good agents really make their money. And it's why it's a massive false economy to choose a cheap agent or a cheap conveyancer, okay? Because just look at what needs to happen. <clears throat> look at how many stars need to align in order for your transaction to go through. So in no particular order, number one, buyer indecision. Now, this is worst amongst first-time buyers who just until they actually get to the reality of having to go through the transaction, haven't fully absorbed what it means, the ramifications, the risks, and they get nervous, they get cold feet, and buyers can change their minds. And really good agents will spot those buyers a mile away. Remember one of my agent clients saying to me, I want to know that a buyer is not going to pull out halfway through before I recommend their offer to the seller. And I said, okay, that's interesting. Why? He said, because I don't want to do all the work to get the deal just for them to change their mind and me to lose all that time, effort, money, investment at that point. So if I'm not satisfied that the buyer is serious enough to commit to the transaction, I will tell the, the client that there's an offer, but I will recommend they don't take it. I thought, wow. And this, by the way, was an agent who had the highest success ratio of listings to sales of any agent I've ever met. It was over 90%. Okay, so buyer indecision and flaky agents and crap cheap agents will just tie up any deal and hope it gets together. So that's number one, overcoming buyer indecision, which is a fact of life. Okay, it happens. Number two, sometimes offers are accepted from buyers and the buyer doesn't yet actually have a mortgage in principle. And very, very quickly, they'll, they'll start proceeding with the, program, with, with the process and they won't prioritize getting their mortgage sorted out. And before you know it, you find out that, oh, actually, why is the buyer gone quiet? Why is the buyer gone quiet? Oh, they couldn't get a mortgage at all, let alone other problems will come on to next. So that's why I always say to buyers, make sure you've got your mortgage in principle uh, before you go offering, because it massively improves. You will rank better than another buyer who hasn't got their mortgage in principle lined up, Okay. Or it's free, cost you nothing to get a mortgage in principle. So, so crazy not to do it. Um, third obstacle or hurdle, this is in no particular order, by the way, is the mortgage lender's valuation on the property. And in this market, we're in autumn 2023. In this market, I'm hearing about more lender down valuations than I've ever heard from before. So it doesn't matter what the seller or the agent or even you, the buyer, think the house is worth. <laughs> if your lender doesn't agree with you, you're not going to get the mortgage on it. All right. And that's happening a lot. So the lender's valuation is an obstacle that both the buyer and the seller wants to get over. But I've heard lots of occasions of mortgage brokers saying, I've tried to tell the buyer they've, they've paid too high a price and the lender's not going to go with it. And, and that's what's happening a lot at the moment. So that's 
Obstacle number three. Number four. Now, this isn't necessarily a requirement, but I've always recommended that any buyer, whether you're cash or mortgage, you get a building survey done because you want to know you're not buying a problem. Okay. Um, but a building survey can come back with problems that can derail a transaction. Normally, if the problems aren't too bad, I mean, the problem might make the buyer want to pull out or it might make you want to renegotiate and the renegotiation can, can knock out the chain. And if you're in a chain, it might not be your purchase that, that, that's um, subject to this survey. It might be someone else in the chain. So someone else in the chain having a bad survey could end up with your transaction being knocked out. Remember that. Right, number five, property searches, search packs. If you are buying with a lender, you are required to provide a search pack. Your conveyances will do it. Um, they need to provide the search pack, a satisfactory search pack result to the lender. And the biggest reason this is a problem is not because the searches throw up problems, although that can happen. It's because the search packs aren't ordered promptly enough. Okay, so number one is delay in ordering the search packs, which if you are a buyer or a seller, you should make sure is done the day the offer is accepted. Some people will say, no, 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 that's too soon. Don't do it yet. Wait until you know the survey's okay, that kind of stuff. No, no I, I totally disagree. Mathematically, it makes more sense to get the searches done immediately. And the second thing that could delay a search, even if you order the searches straight away, this is the council search and the environmental search and the flood risk and the, all those kind of things. It's a long search pack. Um, is that some councils in parts of the country are taking a very, very long time to respond with their search results. So that's another thing that can add to the delay and delays can add to deals falling through, okay? So um, always get your search back in front. You can get them from me um, if you want to and your, your conveyancer can use them, mhwc.co.uk. You'll find the link there if you want to do it. Um, next one, so that was number five, your search packs. Number six, leasehold complications. This obviously only applies to properties where there are lease, leases involved, um, but if you're in a chain, and the property you're buying or selling doesn't have a lease because it's freehold, but someone else in the chain does, then your transaction is also at risk from the lease on the property that's further up or down the chain. So leasehold complications, leasehold length, all these kind of things can lead and increasingly are leading to problems, which is why I so much talk about leasehold reform. Next point. Even if everything else has gone through okay, sometimes someone will want to renegotiate. In a falling market, it's normally the buyer that wants to renegotiate. In a rising market, occasionally the seller will want an even higher price if the tr transaction is taking too long. But the point is, renegotiations do happen, and as often as not, they will lead to a transaction failing, which is why I always advise never to enter a renegotiation unless you're willing to walk away uh, unless you get the new price that you want, okay? But a renegotiation anywhere in the chain can scupper an entire chain, and it's one more thing that you don't know if it's going to happen up to the day of exchange. And it's a shitty thing to happen when it does happen. You're on the day of exchange, and suddenly the other person wants to renegotiate. That's a nightmare. It happens. It's very unkind. It's brutal. And in this market, it's happening a lot. It's a really, you know, it's a, it's a shitty thing to do to wait till the day of exchange and then do it. But it happens. Be aware of it, right? which is why until you've exchanged contracts, you can never be confident or sure you've got to just wait till you've exchanged. So that was number eight, renegotiation. Number, is it really one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight? No, that was number seven. Sorry, I've only got nine here, not 10. <laughs> number eight, 
No, no, there are 10. So um, the next one, number eight, conveyancer competence. I hear all the time about deals falling through because on the day of exchange, the conveyancer has forgotten to, for example, request funds from the mortgage lender so that they've got funds ready for to, to exchange or complete, whichever it is. And that can be enough to rattle other people in the chain. And people who are already nervous about it go, oh, do you know what? I'm going to pull out. So conveyancers can miss things. Conveyancers can forget to order search packs, which is why I recommend you order your own. Um, but this is another reason why cheap call center conveyancers are a massive false economy. And for example, if you're ordering, if you're booking, as you're often forced to do with someone like Pub Bricks, you have to use their conveyancer. Um, sometimes the price you pay for the conveyancing, only half of it goes to the conveyancer, up to 50% goes to the agent that introduced you, which is ridiculous. So the conveyancer is not earning enough money to do a good enough job. So don't go for cheap conveyancers. And if you can't find one that you trust, again, you can go to mhwc.co.uk, my website. I'll put the link on the, on the end of the video uh, where you can uh, you can talk to my conveyancers if you want to. Um, number nine. <coughs> Sometimes a seller in a transaction or in a chain has been unable to find a new home to move into. And because they haven't been able to do that, they decide at the last minute, oh, you know what, we're not going to move. That happens too, sometimes on the day of exchange, and it's awful. It's, but it is it is nevertheless a hurdle. And again, even if your seller doesn't, other sellers in the chain might. Number 10, arguably should be number one, um, incompetent or flaky agents who aren't keeping on top of the transaction and progressing the sale they can massively add to delay and delay equals increased chance of deal falling through. So if you've chosen a cheap or bad agent or you've signed up with an agent, not because you like them or trust them because you think they were cheap or whatever, you should always, as a seller, when you're talking to an agent, say to them, please talk me through your sales progression process. Who does it? Will you do it? Do you outsource it? Do you have a junior person in your office that does it? But talk me through why your sales progression service is as good as I'm going to find anywhere because I know that that's the most important thing to get in a deal over the line once it's agreed. Because don't forget, finding a buyer and getting a, a deal agreed is only the beginning of the process. And right now in this market, that's hard enough. So there you are, guys. Number one, buyer and decision. Number two, does the buyer actually have a mortgage offer in principle? Number three, is the lender going to downvalue the property? Number four, is the building survey going to throw up a problem that derails the transaction? Number five, were the property searches ordered soon enough? And are there delays in them coming back? Number six, leasehold complications. Number seven, someone wanting to renegotiate. Number eight, conveyor competence. Have you got a flaky conveyancer? Number nine, the seller's onward chain being a problem. The seller can't find someone to move into or, 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 or pulls out of their purchase. And number 10, crap agent. Those are the 10 obstacles you need to get over good luck everybody um let me know what you think you've got any questions about this if any questions i haven't answered in this video that you expected to be answered the video put them in the comments below and i'll answer them thanks guys see you on the next one bye bye